Good evening and welcome to Our Lady of Good Counsel Retreat House. My name is Father Gary Poulter. I'm the director here at the Retreat House. I'm glad that you could join us for this retreat for Father John Duncalling, Contemplating the Face of Christ. It's a reminder that recordings will always be available at our website, goodcounselretreat.com, as well, of course, that's where you go for the upcoming schedule of retreats and make a donation. Again, we just welcome you to this retreat and uh, of course pray for all of you um, that you have a good experience and of course spread the word to others. Thank you. Come you blessed of my father, says the Lord. Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least of my brethren, you did it for me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Sisters, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ, have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. O God, who filled the priest and martyr St. Maximilian Kolbe with a burning love for the Immaculate Virgin Mary and with zeal for souls and love of neighbor, graciously grant through his intercession that striving for your glory by eagerly serving others, we may be conformed even until death to your son who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, make known to Jerusalem her abominations. Thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, by origin and birth, You are of the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. As for your birth, the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut. You were neither washed with water nor anointed, nor were you rubbed with salt nor swathed in swaddling clothes. No one looked on you with pity or compassion to do any of these things for you. Rather, you were thrown out on the ground as something loathsome the day you were born. Then I passed by and saw you weltering in your blood. I said to you, live in your blood and grow like a plant in the field. You grew and developed. You came to the age of puberty Your breasts were formed, your hair had grown, but you were still stark naked. Again, I passed by you and saw that you were now old enough for love. So I spread the corner of my cloak over you 
to cover your nakedness. I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you. You became mine, says the Lord God. Then I bathed you with water, washed away your blood, and anointed you with oil. I clothed you with an embroidered gown, put sandals of fine leather on your feet. I gave you a fine linen sash and silk robes to wear. I adorned you with jewelry. I put bracelets on your arms, a necklace about your neck, a ring in your nose, pendants in your ears, and a glorious diadem upon your head. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver. Your garments were of fine linen, silk, and embroidered cloth. Fine flour, honey, and oil were your food. You were exceedingly beautiful with the dignity of a queen. You were renowned among the nations for your beauty, perfect as it was. Because of my splendor, which I had bestowed on you, says the Lord God. But you were captivated by your own beauty. You used your renown to make yourself a harlot and you lavished your harlotry on every passerby whose own you became. Yet I will remember the covenant I made with you when you were a girl and I will set up an everlasting covenant with you that you may remember and be covered with confusion and that you may be utterly silenced for shame when I pardon you for all you have done, says the Lord God. The word of the Lord. You have turned from your anger. God indeed is my savior. I am confident and unafraid. My strength and my courage is the Lord, and he has been my savior. With joy, you will draw water at the fountain of salvation. You have turned from your anger. Give thanks to the Lord, acclaim his name. Among the nations, make known his deeds. Proclaim how exalted is his name. You have turned from your anger. Sing praise to the Lord for his glorious achievement. Let this be known throughout all the earth. Shout with exultation, O city of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. You have turned from your anger. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Some Pharisees approached Jesus and tested him saying, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause, whatever? He said in reply, have you not read that from the beginning, the creator made them male and female? 
and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, man must not separate. They said to him, then why did Moses command that a man give the woman a bill of divorce and dismiss her? He said to them, because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, and marries another commits adultery. His disciples said to him, if that is the case of a man and his wife, it is better not to marry. He answered, not all can accept this word, but only those to whom that is granted. Some are incapable of marriage because they were born so, some because they were made so by others some because they have renounced marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Whoever can accept this ought to accept it. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's a great joy to be with you all this weekend. So I was talking to Father Coulter about the last retreat I did was like right when the lockdown started. And, uh, and now I'm doing this one and I'm, I wish I could say like, as the lockdown is totally over, <laughs> I think in my head, that's like what's going on but maybe that's not true. But it, but it does give like this place for reflection or this cause for reflection, just, I mean, even in my own life, in my own heart about like, where have I been with our Lord over the last few months? And really every retreat is an opportunity for us to simply like, begin by just checking in with where we're at with our Lord right now. You know, the question I always ask at the beginning of retreat is, like, why are you here? Like, why are you here? Like, some of you might have signed up a while ago to be here. Some of you I know, like, signed up hours ago because your husband's told on you. But why are you here? And there's something that our Lord desires for you. There's something that our Lord desires for you. And, and my prayer is that, like, as the retreat master, I can just provide enough reflection for the Holy Spirit to do the rest.
And it's oftentimes the unexpected thing that the Holy Spirit does. And our Lord always has a way of arranging things. You know, so even when I pick the theme for this retreat, which is contemplating the face of Christ, and that comes from like three documents written by John Paul II. And the first was written 20 years ago, Novo Millennio Inuente, and then he followed that up with a document on the rosary and then one on the Eucharist. And, uh, and I was going back to those again in the midst of the pandemic in the midst of the lockdown in the midst of being separated from the sacraments and in the midst of social distancing in the midst of not seeing people's faces. And the main thing that he says in all three of those things, all three of those documents is that the program for the third millennium is to contemplate the face of our Lord. And so I hope that that's a kind of a backdrop for everything that we hear, because even when we listen to the words of today's gospel, like our Lord's tone of voice means a lot. You know, when they ask him, why did Moses command that the man give the woman a bill of divorce and dismiss her? And that could sound a lot of different ways, you know, because of the hardness of your hearts, he did that. But from the beginning, it was not so. You're supposed to know that. Or is it more gentle? Like Moses allowed that because of the hardness of your hearts. But from the beginning, it wasn't so. Let me show you what I've wanted for you. Or when he talks to the disciples and they say, if that is the case of a man and his wife, it's better not to marry. And then our Lord says, some are incapable of marriage because they were born so, some because they were made so by others, some because they've renounced marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Now I sort of imagine him looking directly at all of those that he's calling to do that. And so contemplating the face of our Lord means contemplating, like, what does his face look as he looks at you? In the gospel reading, our Lord talks about going back to the beginning and reflecting on what things were like before original sin. But there's also, I think, I think it's good for us on retreat to go back to the beginning of our relationship with him. And to go back to the beginning of our relationship with him. You know, I have dear friends that I went to West Point with, and they moved to Omaha recently because he got a job at Offit Air Force Base. So now I have friends that I've known for 25 or 30 years living down the street, which is really strange. 
because they know lots of stories about me when I was 22. And I was with them the other day and just kind of naturally we start reflecting on like how we became friends. You know, and and the wife in that marriage, like she used to walk to daily mass sometimes with me and when we were plebes at West Point and like I'd walk out of the barracks and we weren't allowed to talk and then she would come out and then we would like walk together and and the husband, like we were in the same platoon during our field training summer. And I remember when the husband came to me and, you know, he was like, do you know this one person? And, and then I was the best man in their wedding. And, and we talk about stuff like we, like we go back and reflect on like how our relationship started. And we can do that with our Lord too. And sometimes we need to do that with our Lord too. And what was he like as your relationship started? And the first thing that happens in every relationship is noticing. It's noticing. I wouldn't have said that before. I would have said like my relationship with Jesus started like when I was baptized as a baby. Well, like that, I wasn't self-aware. Or my relationship started when somebody taught me how to pray or somebody gave me a Bible or something like that. But there's also like this reality from our Lord's point of view. And all of the relationships with Jesus start with him noticing someone. And I was on when I was on my own retreat this summer, I was praying over the call of Andrew. <clears throat> this has been something I've been talking about a lot because it really struck my heart. And, uh, and so the call of Andrew in John's gospel, is, it says that John the Baptist was there with two disciples, two of his disciples, and Jesus walks by and John says, behold, the Lamb of God. And, every, and then they just like immediately leave and follow our Lord. And then our Lord turns around and he says to Andrew, what are you looking for? <laughs> And Andrew says, where do you stay? Which is really interesting, but it's, it's not logical. Like they've been following John the Baptist for a really long time. What gives them the courage to just like make a beeline for Jesus and leave John behind? Furthermore, um, like, because if it was just academic, you know, and, and John told them all these things and then they want to go there and Jesus says, what are you looking for? They might have been saying, like, I want you to answer all these questions and all these problems. And, and they just said, where do you stay? And so I was meditating on this and, and I had this sort of image of John the Baptist and Andrew and this other disciple and they're all talking and. And. Uh, and Andrew kind of looks up and he sees this guy standing like 30 yards away, staring at him. And it kind of makes him feel uncomfortable. And so he kind of goes back and he's talking to John and the other disciple and he, he looks over him once and he's still looking at him. And maybe a third time he's talking and he looks and he, he notices and 
this person is still looking at him, like penetrating, looking at him. As if he already knows him. And then he says to John the Baptist, who is over there staring at us? And John the Baptist says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then he moves. And he starts following Jesus and Jesus turns around and he says, what are you looking for? Master, where do you stay? I just want to stay with you. I just want to continue to stay within your gaze. I just want to stay in this place where you're looking at me because you look at me differently than anybody's ever looked at me before. There's something about the way you look at me. And so being noticed by our Lord, it leads to attraction to him. The call of Nathaniel is similar, you know, Nathaniel is under the fig tree and And they go to Nathaniel and they say, we found the one about whom the prophets and the law foretold. Because that's important to Nathaniel that this is the fulfillment of the prophets and because he probably knows the prophets really well and he knows the law really well. And, and then he says, can anything good come from Nazareth? And they say, come and see. And he walks towards Jesus. Jesus says, behold, a true Israelite in whom there's no duplicity. which is a strange greeting. And Nathaniel says, how did you know me? Which is also a strange response. You know, like if somebody came up to you and they said, well, you are so integral. You have no duplicity in you. You have no sin in you. Would you be like, oh, of course I don't. <laughs> and so there must be something else about that. How do you know me? And so again, I was reflecting on this and, and in my prayer, I just had this idea, right? It's not historically validated. It's just an idea that Nathaniel, he really knows scriptures well. And maybe he knows because he knows scripture so well, he, he wants to be a doctor of the law. Like, and so he's hanging out with these people like the Pharisees and listening to them all the time and listening to them as they're interpreting the law. But he notices that the Pharisees are really duplicitous, like they don't really act on what they teach and they're kind of two-faced with people and they tie up burdens, but they're unwilling to lift them, all the things that Jesus says about them. And so he wants to study the law, but he doesn't want to hang out with these duplicitous people or be associated with them. And he's probably in a conundrum. And so maybe he's sitting under the fig tree and he's having conversations in his head about this and all these duplicitous people. And I, you know, like, isn't there anybody who's authentic? And I really like, you know, like having conversations in his head. I'm sure none of us ever have conversations in our head, but he's having conversations in his head. And then they come and they say, we found the Messiah. It's Jesus of Nazareth. Then he goes. And the first thing our Lord says to him is, oh, here's a true Israelite. There's no duplicity in you. And he speaks into whatever was going on in his head. How do you know me? Like, how'd you know that about me? 
really like, how did you know that that's what I've been struggling with? And Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree. I noticed you under the fig tree. And he says, truly, you are the son of God. And so there's this beginning of relationship that starts simply by allowing or simply by our Lord noticing us. And so what's our Lord noticed about you lately? Or what's he always noticed about you? And sometimes in our prayer, it's, it's difficult for us to remember to slow down enough to take, to take that in, to notice that he notices. And so I want to invite you, especially as we begin retreat, like in whatever prayer you do tonight, to just spend some time noticing that he notices. And paying attention to how our Lord looks at you. And then during the conferences, I'll kind of unpack things from those documents. Because we've all been living through a time period of not noticing or not being noticed. Sometimes just because we're really busy. It's not a criticism, just really busy. And there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of division. And our Lord is the one that comes into the world. And so it's an opportunity to set aside fear and to set aside division, to set aside distraction. To just remember what our Lord is like with us, what he's always been like with us. To pay attention to him and to contemplate. The look of love that is always present in his face.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands that will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands that will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. We present our oblations to you, O Lord, humbly praying that we may learn from the example of St. Maximilian to offer our very lives to you through Christ, our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. For the blood of your blessed martyr, Maximilian Kolbe, poured out like Christ to glorify your name, shows forth your marvelous works, by which in our weakness you perfect your power, and on the feeble bestow strength to bear you witness through Christ our Lord. And so with the powers of heaven, we worship you constantly on earth and before your majesty without end, we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the font of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, 
giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly, we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and James, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, peace, I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter my
We pray, O Lord, that renewed by the body and blood of your Son, we may be inflamed with the same fire of charity that St. Maximilian received from this holy banquet through Christ our Lord. Amen. This following Mass, we'll have night prayer together from the shorter Christian prayer books. And, um, and there's also some announcements, I think. So. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go forth, the Mass is ended. St. Michael, the Archangel, defend us in battle. The